What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You are listening to episode 93. I am here tonight uh, finally again with Ryan and Tyler after we do have a little bit of NHL news and some AHL news and a little bit of things to mull over. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? How are you surviving? Surviving, I think, is a very good word at this point. Um, this sucks. As I've said many a times, this might actually be worse than the offseason. I, I could see it. Because at least then we had baseball to watch. There's, you know, the buildup for the draft is happening, which isn't out of the ordinary for or out of the stretch of the imagination for right now. But there's... Uh, there's at least other news and stuff going on. Exactly. It is yeah. Groundhog's Day for me. I am a little over a month and two weeks that I've been officially working from home. And I'm, oof, I'm done. But that's why we're here tonight, because there's actually things to talk about. Tyler, how are you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. It seems like we're starting to get some positive news world, well, at least in the United States. You know, you start hearing some of these commissioners talking about restarting and, and maybe not with, with firm plans just yet, but you hear the NBA's thinking of sometime in mid-May to start getting guys to training camps and stuff like that. Uh, so anytime you start hearing stuff like that after you know, such a bleak month and a half here. Um, While we're not out of the woods yet, you know, uh, we're starting to get there, I would think, uh, which is definitely a positive given where we were probably the last time we talked. Um, But besides that, the family's doing good. I'm doing good. Um, We're just kind of trying to stay, lay low and uh, keep the exercise going on here. Yeah. As Gary Bettman had said recently, um, people fail to realize that they want to get started as soon as possible because they have zero revenue coming in right yep. now. So uh, zero is never a number you want to see on uh, your financial sheet, um, especially when you have to pay guys millions of dollars. Um, you never want to see zero revenue coming in. Um, Greg, on, on a follow-up, I just wanted to ask you guys both, how are you guys doing family-wise and everything? Everyone oh, holding up well? Yeah, yeah, we're fine. No issues. Good, here. good, good. Uh, my my brain is slowly melting, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, I'm okay. Like I said, I haven't seen my friends in a long time, and that's a problem. But I played Halo the other night with some of them, so that was pretty good. Yeah, but uh, we got a couple things to talk about since there's uh, there's been a little bit of movement uh, league wide. So as I said, Gary Bettman wants to get started because there is zero revenue coming in right now, and. Uh, what was reported by none other than, and I reported is maybe a loose word, what was mentioned on Twitter by uh, none other than John Scott is that the NHL teams have basically called ba- are getting ready to call back their people uh, from Europe and other various countries that they go to, saying that they should start training camps on June 1st. Now, if that's the case, that would mean that the NHL would probably start back up in late June. And it kind of also goes around the um, the kind of word that they want to maybe look at having an early June draft. So if NHL camps began in June, say the first week of June, you started NHL camps. Second week of June, you had a draft. That would be good. And then by the end of June, you could start back up with your limited schedule or however you want to do it. Now, 
exciting because we could potentially see sports back. Um, besides that the MLB said they want to start playing this year too, but um, we could get camps as early as June uh, 1st, which, yep. which again, it'll probably be empty arenas for games, but hockey is hockey and I need something on my TV. So my TV and make it real. Yeah. So how do you guys feel about them? I mean, cautiously starting back with, cause all of this is going to have to be done very carefully. Um, they also brought kind of, they, they canceled the neutral site idea, I guess. And they're looking more yeah. at a location in each kind of uh, division. So, um, yeah, I guess I just want to get you guys' thoughts on maybe the the reemergence of, of hockey with mini camps and stuff. I'll start out. Go ahead. I'll start out. So I, I am very optimistic about this. I do think that, like you said, the NHL is losing a ton of money, as are all the other leagues. But the NHL, as opposed to all the other leagues, have so much to lose because, you know, they are still a growing league. Like Major League Baseball ha- is, you know, kind of plateaued. The NFL, you know, isn't so affected by this. The NBA is, is a growing league as well, just like the NHL, but they have sort of plateaued as well. So the NHL has the most to lose in this particular situation with like, you know, in terms of revenues and everything like that. The NHL is a very gate-driven league where the NBA is, you know, there's a lot of people that watch the games on TV. Same with Major League Baseball, more people watch on TV, but they also have a huge gate, you know, 36, 37, 38, whatever, thousand people you know, going to the baseball game, but the NHL has a lot to lose here. So that's why I do believe that the NHL will be very cautious in getting this started, but I think they'll be the first league to get things started. Although I do think personally, I think they'll all kind of start around the same time. I think golf will be the first one that that you have already seen that, that are going to start up uh, at the beginning of June. And then I think it'll pretty much go from there. Um, Things are definitely starting to get better. Now we're not out of the woods, like I said before, but in terms of hockey starting in those neutral, not neutral sites, but, you know, in terms of the division arenas, that's a great idea. I mean, the NHL buildings are the best that they have in the world. Gary Bettman said that. And I totally agree with doing it that way. I think if you do it in an NHL city, you have um, all kinds of hotels that you could potentially open up. The NHL is going to be able to pay whatever hotels to open up and, and house these players. Um and, you know, you can just you can pretty much play what two, three games on an NHL sheet just a night or, or an afternoon or however you want to do it. Yeah, I think that's what they were saying is up to three games a day. The um, other thing I want to say, Greg, is, is I see this on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Facebook. Yep. Um, I see these morons. And, and I don't know if you guys agree, disagree with these people. I'm, I'm just putting these people in their place right now. These morons going on there and saying, well, the NHL is incredibly selfish for wanting to start up in the middle of a pandemic and this and that, blah, blah, blah. It's a fucking business, man. When It's a business that's making absolutely no money that – has to that wants to finish their season that wants to award a stanley cup champion because the games have already been played these people don't understand the concept of business do they they just oh it's a middle of a pandemic well you know forget hockey forget sports you know you don't forget sports because you know what it's entertainment and it's also something where it can it can bring a bit of optimistic uh, optimism to you know, a situation that is so bleak and so looks like, you know, it's never going to end. I, I get I get the <sighs> point, 
because you're putting other people's lives at risk and their families and stuff. That's why everything has to be done extremely carefully under right. the strictest of guidelines. Um, but it looks because numbers in a lot of places are going down because of what states have done in, in kind of sheltering people and making sure they don't spread by mitigating contact and all that stuff, um, especially in states like like Michigan seems to be on the downturn. Ohio's on the downturn because of the actions that were taken. Right. And you could use uh, the you could use uh, the arena in Columbus as one of the places in and have housing close um, where the players could stay and, and be like, contained and tested and however they want to do it. But we we need some now not return to normal. I, and you hear that phrase a lot. Nothing's going to be normal for a while, but we need some some a little bit of what was normal back. And, and hockey is one of those things. Sports are one of those things as long as we think about the health and safety of the players when we're doing it. Um, so, yeah, I think I think an early June would be good. No, I think it would just be good if, if they can follow suit with the NBA. I mean, how many – this is actually an intriguing thought of how many NHL teams actually co-locate with an NBA team because that should give you a good idea of how many of these NHL teams are going to be back in business. But kind of like with what the Sportsnet article – Chris Johnson, I think it was, yeah, today, uh, this evening he posted saying that even though these teams could be cleared to play by the league, it's going to be whether or not the municipalities they fall into, such as, like, I think San Jose is the real big one that's not allowing anything whatsoever. Yeah. If they can actually let those teams back and go somewhere, hence the neutral site location, where I know the big key there, too, for neutral site, which I think could be a fantastic idea, especially if they kind of played it out by division, as was suggested. Um, but their focus there, like Detroit, could be fantastic because of how much ice they have in the area. Mm-hmm. However, it's a pandemic-heavy location, so it's you can pretty much eliminate that that likelihood even taking place because it had such a... Like, New York is probably out of the loop. New um, York's definitely out. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think the, one of the ones I can remember that was mentioned was, I think, Toronto... Tampa. I could say Minnesota, probably. I think Minnesota is one of them. I don't have Florida article in particular. Oh no, Florida's going to get bad though. I wouldn't put anything in Florida. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of opportunity, and as you mentioned, optimism there. Oh, here we go. There's the Wyshynski article that had it. So the sources told ESPN that the current favorites for the home rinks are Carolina Hurricanes, the Metro, Edmonton for the Pacific, Minnesota for the Central, and a front runner from the the Atlantic Division has yet to emerge, but the hint and assumption could be Toronto. Um, it's definitely not going to be Detroit. Montreal, I don't know how things have been up there, but you have enough controlled locations, if you will, where you could have these players in those locations and have enough ice, especially when it comes to practice facility. Uh, that there's going to be enough locker rooms in a lot of these facilities because they're most of them are brand new that have multiple locations yep. for them. So the opportunities there. It's just whether or not that green light comes and how soon. And See, I don't whether or not it comes. It's how soon. Yeah, I, I think it's going to come at some point because, you know, the things will have to just open up at some point because life will have to move on. I hate to say it. And, and you know, just because of the economy and stuff that's way over my head. Now, the other interesting part that comes with the whole wanting to get back to playing is that uh, they, uh, Bob McKenzie had talked about the draft. Now, he said, talk of an early, not late June draft and using the old draft lottery rules with only uh, one winner 
and that team could move up only four spots, meaning only teams in the bottom five would have a shot at Lafreniere. Um, he said, again, for now, that's just talk, but I love this system. I would a million and a half percent welcome this system because in this system, the furthest the Red Wings could fall is two. Yes. Um, yeah. So say the say some random team who's eighth right now tries to jump to one. They wouldn't. They'd only jump to four. The teams below them would move down a spot and uh, at four and lower would move down a spot and the Red Wings would still have the number one pick. So I, I, I say a thousand percent yes to this. I say that's the way the lottery should be all the time. If you've got 15 teams in the lottery uh, and, and each one has a chance, even though how slim that chance may be at getting the number one pick, that's not exactly fair. So uh, we've talked about it before. The lottery system is insanely messed up. Um, it, it could be better. People have suggested the gold standard where after you're eliminated, you start gaining points and stuff like that to see who would get the number one pick, which would help teams, I guess, compete down the stretch like the Red Wings did previously. But yep. I like this system of moving back to the old lottery rules where you can only move up four spots. I think if you're a bad team and you lose and you get thrown in the lottery, you and you're, say, maybe a playoff bubble, uh, maybe you are maybe you finish 12th in the league, um, and you pick get the first lottery pick, uh, and your first ball is pulled in the, draft, uh, in the draft lottery, and you move up to, like, spot 9 or spot 8, that's good. That's better for you. That's better than where you picked before. But the people that were really terrible, they need the better picks. So moving from 12 to 1 makes no sense. Moving from 8 to 1 makes no sense because you were already better than all those other teams below you. So I could see moving from 8 to 4. That's phenomenal. You, I mean, in most drafts, the, the difference between a player at 8 and a player at 4 is a pretty sizable gap. So I think this is the way to go. This is the way it probably always should be if they want to affect the lottery in any sensible way um, without hurting their brains. But... I, I would say I am 100% for this system to where the Red Wings could not drop any further than two and probably would still have the best chance at picking number one overall. I, I am all for the option that was presented by you, Greg, and the powers that be. If that was what happened, I think we can just you know kick the feet up and have a beer and smoke a cigar at, and celebrate. Because if we don't have it that way, it scares the shit out of me. Especially, it still scares me too because... Ottawa's chances of having two top five picks is in, to include the first and second potentially is awful. So, I mean, really my thoughts are I pray for that scenario to unfold or they just get the first pick and then we're done. That's about all I got because oh, just give me something. We just need something nice. In Detroit sports, we just need something nice. And in general. Yes. Can we just have sports back? That's all yeah, I ask. Exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, would, uh, I'm just going to say, so in, in terms of the lottery itself, I've been watching a lot of YouTube, you know, I, I, I have been working from home and stuff, but, um, in terms of like being home and stuff like that, I've been watching a lot of YouTube and I've been watching, uh, watching a lot of Quentin Byfield and Alexis Lafreniere and Tim Stutzel. And not that there's a whole lot of, uh, 
highlights on Tim Stutzel, but the stuff that there is out there is uh, is really highlight real kind of stuff. And um, I, I am pumped for this draft when it does happen because, you know, inevitably it is going to happen. Um, and I would love that old system. That would help the Red Wings tremendously. That would uh, speed the process of the rebuild up a little bit and, uh, you know, just give us something to, to smile about in, in the process. So I'm all for that. Yeah, I think I don't... I don't think there's a single Red Wings fan that would say, no, that system's stupid. Why would we ever want to do that? If there is, we need to shun them. Yeah. And yep. Yeah, but any anyone that with a with half a brain would say, okay, we'll take it where we have the better chance of getting the number one pick overall. Um, four spots is four spots, and, I mean, God help us if Ottawa gets it. But it's no, okay, that God. would give us the best chance, I would say, at picking number one would be the old system. I will just say if if the old system gives us a guaranteed one or two, I'm totally fine with that, you know, because Byfield's a really good player, too. And it seems like he needs some more seasoning. I don't know if it would be in the AHL or if it would be in, in you know, junior still. But like he is a center and we still don't have a first line. So, I mean, Larkin is a first line center now, but is he going to be the first line center when this team is ready to compete? I think we so. don't know that. I think you will be, but it's, that's another fight I've had with people recently. But also, who are also, trying. you can never have enough center depth, no. and that, that's one thing that I've always said. You know, you look at some of the best teams uh, that win Stanley Cups. You know, they at least have two really, really good centers, if not three. Yeah, I mean, I started having the fight with people today, which ended up becoming not worth it, and I had to quit of people saying that Tyler Bertuzzi is better than Dylan Larkin. Oh um, my God. Yeah, there was there was that. Imagine fight. believing that. Yeah, ima- imagine believing that because because they say he's got grit and heart and that makes him better. Oh Lord. So yeah, it's the grit, the grit, hustle, and heart crowd. Thinks- Listen, I talked to an old guy today. Um, <laughs> he was down in Detroit, Michigan. He, he was down in Detroit. He's actually an insurance agent, and um, we were talking about the Red Wings for about 15 minutes and he's like, yeah, he goes, he goes, Dylan Larkin is the best player that we've had in a long time, you know, since, since the regime of Datsuk and Zetterberg. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> obviously. And, and, and he's like, that Bertuzzi kid's good, but he goes, he, he couldn't even sniff what Dylan Larkin has talent wise. Well, so. yeah, Bert, Bert will eventually probably move to the second line. Once we have this draft, yeah. if you're picking up a winger like Lafreniere or you're picking up a guy like Tim Stutzel, he's probably going to be one of your first line wingers. It'll be draft pick Larkin Mantha. That'll be your top line. Bert will end up getting moved to probably the second line. And I mean, you could see a line eventually of Bertuzzi, Valeno, Zadina or Bertuzzi, Valeno, Mantha. He's our Pavelski. Yeah. He's movable. Um, but he's not better than Dylan. He's good. He's not better than Dylan Larkin. Um, just basically on talent and, and stats wise, not better. Uh, but I'm not having that discussion because it's going to hurt my head Make again. no mistake here. Make no mistake. I like Tyler Bertuzzi a lot. He's a yeah, good player. Yeah, I do too. He's a great He's going to be a part of this team when we're ready to win, unless, you know, Stevie Y wants to trade him and, and get some value for him. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, it looks like he's going to be a part of this team for a while. And um, why are we having the discussion when Dylan Larkin is the future captain of this team and Tyler Bertuzzi is, you know, a second line <laughs> winger, probably that, at best. I don't understand that. That was if you want to tell part. if you want to sit here and tell me that Anthony Mantha is a is a better player than Dylan Larkin, we might be able to have that discussion. But and let's see Mantha put together a full season. For, that's the first 
Tyler, that was thing. the second part of the discussion. Uh, people were asking who the captain was going to be, and everyone was saying Bertuzzi. So, oh, God. Yeah. That's, oh, God. Are you on Facebook? Um, uh, what else He has to be on Facebook God. here. Because <laughs> um, so, I was going to say, I usually see, I, I don't stay up on the account Twitter as much. I've social distanced myself from fucking Twitter lately. Uh, <laughs> Me too, for a little bit. But I, I was just curious if that, I'm assuming... I hadn't seen anything crazy via the Twitter sphere with you having conversations like that, so I could only assume that it was your genius of a Facebook. Well, no, there are some people on Twitter saying that, um, in in more was the initial discussion of saying that uh, a lot of people were saying this season Bertuzzi was the best forward on the team, uh, to which I still said That's no because stats don't lie and in production they're like, well, he scored more, he was consistently scoring more and assisting more. Like, but he finished with less points. Um, they're like, well, he's more defensive. I'm like, well, Larkin's a complete 200-foot player. He had more goals. He had, or he didn't have more goals, but he had more assists and he had more points. And it, it it's not, it's hard to say. Well, he Bertuzzi went to the All Star game. Well, yeah, Bertuzzi had a hot start. And Same but the thing is, is he's playing on the line with Larkin. And there, I remember a point in the season where they were trying to shift the lines up a little bit to create some more offense. And they had moved Mantha down to the second line. And we were all kind of confused. And then they said that when Mantha moves to the second line, even though he's not with Larkin anymore, the production's not going to drop off that much. If they were to move Bertuzzi to the second line, the production would drop. Because Bertuzzi produces because Larkin sets him up mostly so had a 16.3 shooting percentage this season who did Bert yeah I mean I mean and we got to see if something like that is repeatable but uh, you can attribute a lot of his production to Larkin who is an is an awesome playmaker uh, because I and I mean it's evident because he has more assists than he has goals and and he, I mean, that's just what he is. Larkin was never really billed as a prolific goal scorer. He was a, he was a playmaker. He was a 200 foot player. He had He's good defense. Season, yeah. So you can't tell me that Bertuzzi is a better player than Larkin. By all accounts, sure, you can want as much as you want for Bertuzzi to be the captain. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Why does it matter who who they want to be the captain? I mean, wouldn't you just want the player that that exemplifies? Um, you know, leadership more than more than the yeah. quote unquote better player than you that you want to be the captain. Because people like, why think, wouldn't I just don't understand people? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There are people with the train of thought that the captain needs to be the guy who oh, gets all the God. points and is the first line player and is the best player on the team. I mean, Dylan Larkin's the best player on the team by far. I would think he yeah. But I don't think it's really close, to be honest with you. I'm going to let people live in their own little world, and then when what they want doesn't happen, bitch for a week and then shut up. So. Well, we can all bitch when Justin Abdelkader gets the C. Justin Abdelkader will get the boot before he gets the C. <laughs> yeah. That's how you see murder. The only C that Justin Abdelkader is getting is the, the one that's on the bus route two grand rapids i I do have a follow-up question for you guys though with that justin abdicator with the c would you take out of quarantine if it meant justin abdicator gets the c no no nope i would keep me in quarantine oh come on nope no i am 
No. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, quarantine is over tomorrow. The Stanley Cup playoffs start in two days. If if corn if uh, Justin Abdelkader gets a C, you wouldn't take that. Nope. Fuck no. What? Wait, gets the C of what team? The Grand Rapids Griffins. Come then on now. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the Red Wings, but I would take. You wouldn't no. take that. No, no, no way. I'm not tarnishing the history of the Detroit Red Wings by giving Justin Ablocator the C for no reason. Well, I guess uh, quarantine's going to last a Good. bit longer forever. <laughs> no, it won't Because Abby's going to go that. before me, and I'll at least get to see that captaincy go away. But <laughs> uh, we had one more piece of news to get to uh, tonight that kind of, not news really, nothing's really news because official stuff isn't coming out, but I could call them rumors or rumblings or whatever you want to call them. Uh, Bruce Garrich. Uh, Bruce is the post-media hockey columnist, has covered the Senators since day one, and is a contributor to TSN's Sens broadcast and pens the best Sunday column in the country, he says, according to him. He has 63,000 fo- uh, followers on Twitter, um, and he's a verified account, so what he says kind of matters, I guess, in the face of the media. Uh, He is quoted saying the Belleville mayor all but officially declares the AHL season done in in a video that he posted, says NHL and AHL will make an announcement shortly. The ice has been removed from CAA arena, led to believe the AHL board will meet in early May. So that his he is under the assumption that the AHL will be canceling the rest of the season and playoffs, which Mm. is interesting, which not surprising, I guess. Um, since their arenas are a little smaller, uh, your attendance is still not going to be as much as it would be in an NHL game, and it doesn't really make sense to put people in the buildings or move those players around with that much kind of, I guess, difficulty in, in scheduling and stuff. It's just probably better to call the season there. But the way I looked at it was that we had said earlier on, um, as far back as maybe two months ago, two and a half months ago, that we probably wouldn't see Valeno and Cider because they would need to help Grand Rapids make the playoffs, and playoffs in the AHL would be more important for their development than losing games in the NHL. But if the AHL season is canceled, do you think it would be a possibility that we would see Valeno and Cider play? their 10 game stint with the Red Wings or nine game stint with the Red Wings as a tryout because there is no more AHL season. I'd be for it. But do you think it's possible? Do you think that is a a good train of thought uh, to where they could go? Or would they like to keep tell Cider, don't worry about it, stay home and and train and Valeno, don't worry about stay in Canada and train. Or would they want to bring them over to get them some NHL time? I guess it depends on how many, I guess it depends to me on how many, regular season games that they end up playing because if it's you know if it's only five regular season games then what's the sense of bringing you know cider all the way from germany to come back here well from what i've heard they want to finish the season there's just no way there's no way they're gonna play 12 regular season games if they could play three games a day in four sites i think there was uh, over a hundred games left on the season uh, between all teams but if you play three games a day on, on, in four sites, <laughs> that's 12 games a day, really. There's so, 189 regular season games remaining. 
Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of games, man. Especially if you want to play the best of seven playoff series, like Gary Bettman was talking about. Like, you somewhere there has to be a give and take somewhere. There's if no you, way you can finish all all Tyler, twelve games left. If you did 189 games <laughs> at three games a day, uh, that would be 12 games a day total over four arenas. It would only take you 16 days, basically, to finish the season. If you played three games every day, it would take you. Yeah, but that's assuming days. the season starts in July. Well, uh, end of June, you would have a well, abbreviated training camp just to get people back in skating and in game. This skate. is the timeline that I heard from Bob McKenzie, and this was recently. This was like a couple days ago. He said that the first that we're in the first. Um, what did he call it? The first step of of the return of the nhl so the first step was shutting everything down putting the players in quarantine so that's the 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 situation we're in now the second step was to call the players back from you know x place so canada sweden russia finland reportedly they're doing that soon so reportedly they're doing that soon okay so when they get here they have to go through a 14 day um quarantine yeah without being on the ice without doing any of that Then what's going to happen is they're going to go into small groups before anything, into a small training camp with small groups Yep. in their normal cities. And then from there, they're going to try to get the whole teams on the ice. And then from there, they're going to fly to wherever situation they're going to be, Nashville, X place, wherever that's going to be. And then they're going to have another three-week training camp. And then they're going to go f- games from there, assuming everything goes well. See, I couldn't like see them having a, th- yeah, a three-week training camp doesn't make any sense. And that's what Bob said, um, and Bob's pretty plugged in. So, I mean. You kind of just restated the Sportsnet article we were talking about. Timeline's just off there. There's no, there's the secondary training camp, or the three-week piece isn't there. May 15th uh, is what they're, they're hoping for to begin the small group skating. June 1st is what they're hoping for starting of training camp and exhibition. July 1st at the latest is what they're hoping to start the regular season and playoffs. And if they started the regular season July 1st and played those 12 games a day throughout four arenas, they would be done with regular season by middle of July and starting the playoffs in middle of July. That would be end of playoffs and by the end of August, depending on how they spread things out. Even if they did a, a faster playoff schedule, they might have to do a faster playoff schedule. Do, yeah. Um, more games in less days, more back-to-backs, whatever. But they could be done with the playoffs by the end of July. And then the players get all of August, all of September, till the end of September to come back. They would basically get a month off, month and a half off, before they had to come back for training camp again for the next season. Which I can't see a team like Carolina being okay with 14 games over 16 days. Well, wait. How would you have? Why would you have fourteen games over sixteen days? Because there are sixty-eight games played. I don't think they're going to do it that way. I really don't. I think if you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it within divisions, and you're going to have to change the schedule a little bit. Could you do? I still think they should cut it off at seventy-five games and be done with it. If the AHL, I agree. If the I AHL totally agree. cancels their season, could you see them expanding the roster? To give other players breaks, you sit a player for a game or two and sub them with another player. No, because you know players aren't going to like that because they know that their their season's on the line. I know, but you figure every team would have to do it. Of course, they're not going to like it if you got. Yeah, they're going to expand the roster, but that doesn't mean they're going to play them. 
So then say they cut it and they, they cut it off at a, at a certain number. So say instead of playing a full 82 games, how many games is Carolina at? 68. 68. So say they put it to uh, 70, 75. That'd be seven more games for Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, be seven games in 14 or 16 days, that's nothing. Yeah, exactly. So that's get where, it to. Yeah, I, that's where I hope that they do cut it down. You could, you yeah, could abbreviate the regular season and, and still do it. Or even if you didn't want to do, maybe if you took it from 15 days to 20 days, maybe it takes you 20 days to finish the regular season. It, they could still be done with the entire season and playoffs by the end of August. I could see them taking the entire month to play out those the final games. They could. Well, the other thing here that, that people aren't realizing is that these guys haven't been on the ice. Well, I mean... Quote unquote, quote unquote, haven't been on the ice because I'm sure that behind closed doors, there's some players. You have some of these baseball players, and I've been watching the whole players weekend or what what do they call it? The players series or whatever uh, for MLB the show. And you hear some of these players like, oh, yeah, I was working out with such and such yesterday. So these baseball players are hanging out with each other every once in a while. You mean you don't mean to tell me that there's at least one or two NHL players or maybe even 10 or 15 that aren't paying people under the table to skate in rinks. No, not at all. Because that would be all over the news. I Um, don't buy that. There are really don't buy that. There are players that are skating. Um, like Seth Jones was skating for rehab. Um, if they had Mm -hmm. a prior injury and need to rehab on the ice, uh, they are allowed to do so, um, by themselves. Single players are allowed to do that, but there are not guys that are paying arenas to open because those arenas are closed. Like there's yeah, but what no about in there. other countries? Sure. Uh, well, other countries have looser restrictions than we have. I'm I'm sure if there's a player in Russia, Russia doesn't care whether they're on the ice or not. Or if there's a player in Sweden, Sweden has much. Sweden's looser. open, basically. Yeah, much looser restrictions than we have. So sure, but in the United States, I don't believe other than rehab that anyone is skating. That's why a lot of the players went out and bought rollerblades. Are there any country, or I'm sorry, any uh, states in the United States that have rinks open right now? Um, there are a few states that do not have lockdowns but they are states where they do not have hockey teams or professional sports really i don't believe um but there are states that will start to huh so like idaho yeah it's like idaho uh wyoming utah stuff like that i mean utah has a professional sports team but they don't have a hockey team um but yeah it's the yeah they don't have sports for a reason but yeah, those those state now other countries you don't know. I mean, I guess in other countries the skaters could be skating, but in in North America I don't believe there are any skaters probably skating currently. And, and that there might be a select few here and there. That's why they have to have the the training camp, but you don't need a month train. I mean, they really get a month training camp when they come back from not playing for like three months. So if they they haven't been playing for a month and a half. Yeah, give it them really a, has only been weeks. a month and a half. That's crazy. Oh, it's been about Feels like it's been three months since they've skated. No, it's been about a month and a half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's what's going to probably happen is they'll they'll come back and we could see hockey by the end of June. But before that, we could see a draft, which I'm 100 percent for. I need some content in my life. Do it by the old lottery rules. Give, I agree. Give the Red Wings Byfield or Lafreniere. I'm 100% for it. 
we need something. We need news. We need sports. We need hockey. We need training camps. We need drafts. We need everything. Yep. Give me it all. (laughs) Yeah. I I still like my idea of you need to move all-star weekend to the same time as the draft, but we'll come back to that in a different episode. That would be amazing. I, I will just say one thing, Greg. Um, is it what? What do you think the likelihood of this happening is? The whole coming back and playing is. Yeah. I said last time, if they did not announce some sort of plan or some sort of plan starting to form within two weeks, you could call the season. That was about two weeks ago. So I a hundred percent. I say we will see hockey again um, this year. A hundred percent now. What do you think of this article? And I don't know if you guys saw it. It's just a Twitter article by some random, random, random site. Then it's a hundred percent false. What site? I don't remember what it it was called, but it was basic. No, 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 no. It was basically saying that they don't see some, some health expert, quote unquote, health expert said that he doesn't, he or she doesn't see sports or concerts with fans until 2021 fall. I wouldn't say that. I, I, you will not see sports with fans for probably the rest of this year. Yeah, um, until but I wouldn't say 2021 fall. If they wanted to get lucky and, and everything pans out and we don't see a surge in this fall like people are talking about, numbers are still down, you could see sports with fans this fall. I don't see why not if the numbers stay low and, and everything looks good. Now, it's not going to be full-packed stadiums like some people want it to be, and there's going to be some distancing, but... I would not say you won't see sports with fans until 2021 fall. That doesn't make any sense. No, no. Because no. even even a vaccine could still come out, you know, a year yeah. a year from now is is 12 months, and that's well, March if or, you, or April. If you think you don't have sports until next fall without fans, then you're, they'll lose too much money, and you may not see sports at all anymore. Because right. it's you and by that's that time, not yeah. By that time, all your revenue is a hundred percent gone. So yeah. it's yeah. I think you will see sports with fans, if not by the end of this year, then the beginning of next year. Um, so like January twenty twenty somewhere could around be, there. But they just want to make sure that we're not going to see a resurgence in cases and in this get worse this fall because they are saying we could see a second wave in fall if we're not careful. So. Right. Yeah, I, I will. It's it's all still kind of on on the fence with with when people will be allowed in. But I I just want sports on my TV. I this will, notion of people not being able to ever go see a sporting event or people, ever be in a crowd like again is the most asinine yeah. thing I've ever heard. It's, it's people crying to cry. It's people being privileged that don't care about anything else except for themselves and what they get to do. So who cares? Well, but, then you hear you hear people saying stuff like that, and then it's like, oh, well, I mean, eventually Times Square is going to be packed again because that's just a way of New York City. Uh, eventually, stuff no, is going to have yeah. to go back to normal. Uh, normal normal Ish. will not be normal for a long time. But- no, but I mean, New York City is a populated city, and Times Square eventually is going to be packed again because it is people walking to work, people doing this, people doing that. I mean, yeah, you'll have a lot of people working from home, but people aren't going to stop living life because of this, especially once things open up. No, but you've seen there there are people that have, like Georgia opened, and he's like, everyone can go to restaurants, and no one's going to restaurants because people, the majority of people aren't stupid. 
they know what's not done. They know what's safe and what's not. And until they see the ticker go down to a reasonable number that they feel is, is good to keep them safe, then they're not going to go out. You can say businesses are open. You could say, guys, go pack Little Caesars Arena. Tickets are for sale. You're not going to pack. I mean, right now, when you were allowed to do whatever, people weren't packing Little Caesars Arena. So imagine the crowd on TV when they say, you guys can go, and 30 people show up. Uh, it's, it's No, I think it would be more than that, but yeah. Sh- sure, but it's not going to be anywhere close to normal for a while because people are still not super optimistic based on what they've seen. So it, it'll be, we'll get to normal eventually, but it's not going to be anytime soon. And I don't believe no, we are going to switch. Yeah. I don't believe we're going to see fans in arenas until next year. Fair enough. I think college football is going to end up getting pushed back or pushed up or whatever you want to we'll call see. it. They're saying NFL could get pushed back. So NFL yep. will, college football won't. Uh, college Do you think football they'll play college just, football? They'll just play without people there. Yep. Yeah, that's There's fine. too much money in TV revenue to lose any bit of a season of college football. Plus, and now that the athletes are allowed to make money. Yeah. Well, are they? does that start already? I think. I thought so. No. Well, yeah, they're allowed to make money off they, their signatures and stuff. Yeah. And the fact that they're still, you know, most of them are still students. They, it's a little trickier to work. I mean, basketball, yeah, it goes through fall and into spring. Is that when it starts? How long does college basketball go? College basketball starts in like December ish, November ish. Around the end of the semester. So, I mean, if you got college football players, I mean, would they do it? Probably, but it's going to be pretty damn cold. (laughs) Uh, See that. Seeing Ohio State versus Michigan if it's coming in January, February. Yeah, that would be awesome. Don't tell me it wouldn't be the snow. Michigan 12, would have a chance. 12 degrees outside. <laughs> you want to talk about deflated footballs, put a football outside in 12-degree weather. There'll be zero air in it. Well, they do it at Lambeau, don't they? They do it in New England. So, I mean, why not? Well, they're also paid millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, I mean, I guess the one argument that, you know, ESPN, the, the world's worst network, <laughs> said the other day i I heard max kellerman stephen a smith not that i really pay attention to what they have to say much much of the time however however they they're saying that you know playing the nfl in empty stadiums is different than playing college football because college football you know you could have lawsuits you know years from now if someone does end up getting it you know through playing in empty buildings or whatever sure i don't know but uh, i don't know I think that's where we're going to end our show tonight. I want to get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off, and we will start with Ryan. Yay. I got nothing. Good. Enjoy What's your Twitter? Your ta- enjoy your time at home. Twitter's already Ryan33. Ryan, I wanted to ask you, how is your wife? She's great. Good. She hates people because they're just dumb. Well, that's normal. But she still has to go to work pretty much every day. Oh, the yeah, that sucks. It's still considered essential, but they don't have any contact with people. If they do, it's just like taking a piece of paint out to them outside the door so well good but no she's doing good baby's doing good uh we're at 22 weeks now good so bump is wow all right but, mm-hmm. uh yeah. tyler um I, I mean i guess my final thoughts are just keep 
keep the faith, keep believing and things will eventually go back to normal and we'll, we'll see hockey again. And hopefully it's sooner rather than later. And we get to all talk about hockey and talk about the Red Wings and talk about happier times. And, uh, you know, remember what the situation for what it was and, um, you know, continue to be cautious and optimistic and stuff like that. But just uh, when, the, when the puck does drop and when the, the, you know, the ball's kicked off or the first pitch is thrown, just never forget, you know, this situation and always remember that sports are, are there to help us out in time of need. And I believe that that will happen here as well. Keep the faith and you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Everyone stay safe. My final thoughts are uh, welcome to Detroit. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere or uh, <laughs> Quentin Byfield. Um, I love it. I yeah, I'm just hoping for that lottery switch. If they do that, I mean that's really, really gonna help us a lot. Like we won't drop to four, which that I guess is my my hope is that we get pick one or two. Uh, hopefully pick one, but I'll take the consolation prize. And if they could just give me, I mean, early June lottery would be phenomenal. It's only like a month away. So I, that's my final thought is I hope that Bob can convince them to do that. So Bob, if you're listening, which I know you're not, um, please, please convince them to do the early June lottery with the old rules. That would be sweet. So you can follow me online at bringing the wing. You can follow the Grindline podcast online at Grindline pod. Uh, you can find all our cool merch on Redbubble If you go to Redbubble and search the Grindline. Um, I made a special shirt for the Detroit Lions fans that says uh, Okuda Matata because they had drafted Jeff Okuda. So that was a pretty good one. Um, But yeah, I'd also like to do a shout out to Founders. Founders is the official beer of the Grindline podcast. You can also uh, go to howieshockeytape.com and use promo code Grindline on your online orders to get 10% off. You can use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back to get 12% off your order. Um, But that will pretty much be it for us. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.